Welcome to episode three of the Folkloristic Podcast, the podcast about the stories we love to hear and the stories we want to tell. I'm Bernie Anderson, and I'll be your host. Well, today we are going to be listening to part two of the interview I had with Doug McKelvey. Uh, In this part two of this interview, Doug and I talk a little bit more about story a little bit more about uh, his own writing and the, some of the things that uh, have inspired him. And I really appreciate all of you who've listened to these first episodes and all of the little snags and things that we're trying to do to, to make the sound better and to, to make this a better podcast. Appreciate all of that. Um, so I uh, let us know, if you would... Uh, how you how you're how you're liking it? Um, if you would go to iTunes and and leave a, a rating or a review, that would be really helpful. That's helpful for the podcast to get out into the wild and more people to know who we are and what we're doing, and and that would be uh, great. Check out the Patreon for the Folkloristic Podcast if you don't mind going over there, and uh, even for basically a cup of coffee a month, uh, you can really help support this uh, work and. Uh, that would be that would be deeply appreciated. You're also going to get a free creature feature. If you don't know what a creature feature is, I plan on recording one of those for next week. So uh, I'm I'm super excited about that part of this podcast. I think it'll be a lot of fun, uh, considering some of the mythical creatures of North American folklore. Um, yeah, that'll be great. So, well, I am going to, uh, without further ado, uh, move from here to um, uh, part two of my interview with Doug McKelvey. time to talk a little bit about your latest um, project, The Wishes of the Fish King. Um, I'm really excited to get my uh, copy of this here soon, I think, for those of us that funded the Kickstarter. Um, but uh, for those who didn't fund the Kickstarter, you can still they can still get it, right? Like, um, tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Um, I don't know when this podcast will actually air, so... It's possible that the the book will already be available on Amazon at that point. Great. Um, But at this point, pre-orders are still available on the Rabbit Room store, which is at rabbitroom.com. And and the last I heard, the shipment of the first printing was on a boat on its way across the ocean. So, Okay. So we're hoping it makes it here by the release party in November. <laughs> <laughs> Slow boat from China is that? Uh, okay. um, it, it, so, like, tell us a little bit about the like. Obviously, you can't, you know, don't give anything away. But um, like, what is the concept? What are you? Uh, what were you uh, uh, aiming for? I know that uh, obviously I haven't seen any of the story yet, but the illustrations are astounding. Um, but uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about um, us. I'm the only one here. But us, as in those of us listening to you right now on this sure. podcast. Um, a little bit about the, the just the concept of the book and kind of what, what went in behind it. Well, I've, I've tried to communicate in the Kickstarter campaign, but I don't know that I was entirely successful, that The Wishes of the Fish King is not itself a fairy tale. Um, and 
what it is well let me let me back up to explain when my oldest daughter was 2 years old we lived on acreage we had 48 acres out in the middle of nowhere but it was beautiful land uh we lived in a log house on top of a hill that swept down into fields and there was a forest island and then wooded hills rising off in the distance there was a an acre pond down below the house and so it was it was the perfect season in in my daughter's life to be exploring the world together um, to be, you know, taking her on walks at dusk many nights and looking at the flowers and looking at the sunlight on the fields and watching the deer that would come down to drink from the pond at dusk. And for her, it was that magical season where, to refer back to the Chesterton quote, you know, she didn't need to be told that that apples were golden to, uh, to find wonderful the fact that they were green. You know, for her, it was that initial discovery that apples were green and that they grew on a tree and that you could eat them and they were sweet, <laughs> you know. And the fact that, um, that water was wet and you could take off your shoes and splash in it at the edge of the pond, you know, all of these these things that that a little later in life no longer have the power to overwhelm us with the wonder of them unless we're somehow shocked back into that kind of vision so it was a it was a wonderful time for me with her but it was a bittersweet time because even in that season, as we were living it, I recognized how short it was going to be. Hmm. And I also knew that she wasn't going to remember it. Hmm. So I wanted to somehow preserve as best I could the memory of what it was like for her so that later in life she could, she could come back to it and, and know something of who she was and how she had had viewed the world at that time. So I wrote the manuscript for the wishes of the fish king and I wrote it as a personal introspective poetic remembering recording of those journeys hmm. that we took together. But in order to try to capture the feel of it, I I felt like the best way to do it was to incorporate fairy tale elements. Mm -hmm. So uh, the book was, it was almost published. I mean, I really only had one publisher that I was dealing with at the time, and they had published two of my books already. Um, and that was Philomel, which is a, a Penguin Putnam imprint. And I sent them the manuscript for the wishes of the fish king and they deliberated over it 
for quite a while, for several months, as I recall, and came close to saying yes to it. But ultimately, they said this style, this genre of, you know, a, a, of a picture book that has this kind of personal, introspective, poetic approach is cyclical in its hmm. popularity. Hmm. Uh, and that it had peaked maybe a year or two earlier mm -hmm. and was you know on the downside at that point so i was disappointed that they didn't publish it at the time but i just put it in a drawer and never submitted that manuscript to another publisher um I had I had come across it and reread it, you know, a handful of times over the twenty years since then. Wow. But I had met a painter, Jamin Still, at a conference a couple of years ago, and he was creating paintings that looked like they were illustrations for the most wonderful, fantastic children's picture books though they weren't illustrations from books. He was, he was, that was his style, was creating hmm. these paintings that just, you know, felt like they opened into a story that was in progress. Mm -hmm. And so I purchased one of his prints, and I put it in my workspace at home. So several times a week, I would see that painting and would ponder it, and one day I happened to pull out the Wishes of the Fish King manuscript from where it was buried in a drawer. And I was reading through it, and then I looked up and saw his painting, Jamin's painting, hmm. and I just thought, that's it. Yeah. That's the perfect style of illustration for this book. So I... I sent him the manuscript and said, would you have any interest in, in illustrating this? And he responded pretty quickly and, and said that he would. And, and an interesting thing is that he's a first-time father. His son is almost two years old now. Hmm. And so he would be painting the illustrations at in the in roughly the same season of life that I was in yeah when when I wrote the manuscript so we we took the idea to rabbit room press um and asked if you know if mm -hmm. if they would be willing to to publish this as a rabbit room book and uh they they said yes so we were we were off and running that's really cool. I'm really excited to read the story. Like I'm, I'm, or to just read the poems or what, you know, whatever. It's yeah. a little bit of a mystery at this point, at least to me, maybe intentionally well, so. And, and one other thing I intended to say was that the approach we took was that the the narrative is told through the eyes of a parent, hmm. But we wanted the illustrations to be what is seen through the eyes of the child. Gotcha. So there are, there are fairy tale elements, such as the fish king, 
that are referenced in the poem, in the in the text, but the paintings are just full of, you know, these these fantastic elements blended with the real world elements of the forest and the pond and the the house on the hill and and all of those things. So visually, the the pictures I think will just captivate children and adults as well but mm-hmm. but especially children and there are uh, Jamin has hidden so many little little visual treasures in the paintings uh, for kids to find mm-hmm. as well as the you know, just the stunning nature of the of the larger paintings themselves yeah oh that's um It'll be fun. I'm. I'm again. It's a. It's a project. I'm. I'm looking forward to. I. I would love to actually like some of your other projects. Or your your one just before the subjects with objects was also really fascinating to me. But, uh, um, what I want to do is point people to where they can get. DKM Doug McKelvey Douglas Kane McKelvey whoever uh, whoever it is that's writing this stuff where they can like pick up your your books. Um, you also, you know, had a, in a previous life or a songwriter, from what I understand. So, you know, you can find, you know, Doug McKelvey lyrics, you know, around the radio somewhere, internet, airwaves, whatever. But where where would people need to go to, uh, to to buy your stuff and follow you and you know hear what what's what new projects you're going to be coming up with next? Well, I'm I'm in the slow process of trying to consolidate and make make it easy for people to you know to find all of my all of my books um in the same place uh, i have a i have a website dougmckelvey.com where i i don't have you can't purchase my books on that site but there are links to each of them from there, so so that's one place. The Rabbit Room store that I referenced earlier has uh, they they have several of my books there, um, and then Amazon has they sell books. I think Amazon they sell books. Um, <laughs> now, my middle grade reader novel, The Angel of Pop and the Dog, which is a, a front fantasy kind of story um, that one is out of print the the rabbit room does have just a handful of remaining paperback copies um, and I am I'm in the process of moving towards putting that back in print hmm, great. Uh, so but currently on Amazon the only thing that's available is third-party resales of that book there's a kindle version of that as well too right oh yes there is yeah there there is an ebook version on amazon that's that's available so do you have any other new projects or new anything coming out other than wishes of the fish king yes i i was invited a few months ago by a friend of mine andrew peterson who created a, a fantasy series uh, for four volumes called the Wing Feather Saga, 
um, that has that has been a, a pretty popular series. He was doing a, a Kickstarter campaign um, to raise funds to create an animated pilot uh, for for the Wing Feather Saga, and one of the rewards that that he decided to do was he asked several other writers if they would write short stories, new tales that exist within the wing feather universe he created. Um, and he invited, uh, six illustrators Hmm. to, uh, to participate in the project. And he, he paired us up. So, so I was invited to be a part of that. Um, as was, um, well, Andrew was writing one himself, uh, Indy Wilson, who wrote The Hundred Cupboards, mm-hmm. wrote one of the stories for yep. it. Um, uh, These Jennifer- are all people that I want to have on this uh, podcast at some point. Andrew Peterson, Indy Wilson. So they were going to be getting an invite from me. Too, yeah. So. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, I started looking. I had read all of the Wing Feather books, but I started looking back through to figure out what what I wanted to write about. And it was really within the first couple of pages of the first book that that I found a a connection that I wanted to to write about. And, and I made the mistake of not outlining an idea first. It was really a character who wasn't a character in the books. He was just mentioned in the context of being a man who, whose daughter had been kidnapped mm-hmm. and he never knew what had become of her and had been present in the moment when she was taken and had been unable to, you know, to effectively resist or to, to stop, to prevent his daughter from being taken. And so... I just, I wanted to follow his story. I wanted to see what happened to him from that point. So I, I ended up, I was asked to write a short story. I ended up writing a novel. <laughs> so, <Excellent. laughs> you know, a, a novel, I guess is technically anything over 50,000 words. And the, the story I, I sent back to Andrew was over 60,000 words. So overachiever, but graciously they are, they are going to print the, the collection of stories large enough. I think it's going to be a 300 page volume. Um, cause they, they are going to include my story in its entirety. So <laughs> that's great. But it's, um, but it, it's one that I, that I'm really pleased with, with how the story came out. I, um, I followed the character on this, this somewhat epic journey. Um, and, you know, and I really didn't know where it was going to go as I was, as I was writing it, I was, I was hoping the fellow would somehow eventually, you know, find a sort of redemption in the story after, after the the devastation that the story began in for him, but um, but and I think that ended up happening, but it didn't take the form 
that I had anticipated it might. So, and when so, will yes. that be available for people to to read? Is it at when? I like, I think they are rushing, not in a bad way, <laughs> not in a shoddy <laughs> way, but I I think they are rushing to do everything to fulfill uh, their Kickstarter campaign as soon as they can. So initially they'll send that book out to the people who funded it on Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. But I think pretty quickly after that, they will have it available uh, in the rabbit room store and through Ingram distribution and on Amazon. So uh, that, that again will be called the wing feather tales. Okay. I'm going to put a link to that in uh, notes and uh, we'll even do that post if it's not like if there are, is no link yet we'll uh, we'll put that up for people to connect to from um, folkloristic.com so so have you talked to Liam Neeson yet about uh, starring as the uh, in the uh, in the film for this or no uh, are you pigeonholing <laughs> him as sort of the you father who right yeah. tracks down yeah, yeah. No, okay. I have not personally spoken to him yet, but I'll have people talk to his people. I'm sure he'll be he'll be good for it. So, hey, Doug, I really appreciate your time today for doing this. Um, it's uh, always good to catch up with you, but uh, I just these kinds of conversations. Actually, you and I have had these kinds of conversations over coffee in the past, and uh, I I always thoroughly enjoy them. So um, appreciate your time, and probably have you back at some point. Um, just because, yeah, I need guests. So, <laughs> well, I appreciate the invitation, and I'm always, always happy to talk to Bernie Anderson yeah. about things literary. Thank you so much for listening today to the Folkloristic Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Doug. I know that uh, he is a uh, he's a great friend and a fantastic writer. Seriously, if you have not checked out or ever read anything by Doug, go to the show notes and uh, click on any of those links, and uh, they'll take you right to his page on Amazon. Um, you can uh, I, I highly recommend reading uh, Angel New Papa and the Dog if you've got kids. Um, it's a beautiful story, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, I think Subjects with Objects is a super interesting book with uh, wonderful illustrations. Um, but right now you can get uh, Wishes of the Fish King. It's been officially released. And uh, I am looking forward to getting uh, my hands on my copy uh, here hopefully sometime in the next couple of weeks. So uh, do check out uh, Doug's work on Amazon. Also, uh, check out uh, The Rabbit Room. Uh, there are all kinds of uh, really great uh, literature, music, all kinds of stuff that's, that is over there. Uh, and it's all, of course, all done uh, kind of independently. And uh, you, can, you can purchase all of that at, the, at therabbitroom.com. Uh, check it out. All right. Well, that's, uh, that'll do it for this week. Thank you for listening, and I hope that your week is magical. See ya.
dark birds on the top of my. What do you call the the peak of the of a roof? Um, the peak. <laughs> on, my, on my no, there's some name the like gable it. It's not the gable, is it? Yeah. But it's something like that. Crest. But yeah, there are two dark birds just sitting up there, staring at me Excellent. down through my window. I don't know if that's an omen. It could be. Did you know? Like this, so the other day I went outside and there was a um, all of these crows that were just like it was kind of eerie, but there it was like you know an Alfred Hitchcock moment. There were probably a bunch of them, but I found out because I was just kind of looking up why would crows be doing that? And do you know what a collective of crows are? Um, You mean what they're called? Yeah. A murder? Yes. I did not know that. I was so excited to get to that. That was a little tidbit of fun fact that really made me happy. Yeah. I I saw a murder of crows, so it was amazing. Oh, you know, a, a book I could have referenced. I'm just going to be thinking of all kinds of, of interesting information now. <laughs> um, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. I thought of that at one point in our conversation, actually. Because uh, I think it's Mr. Norrell because I watched the BBC series and they pronounced it as Norrell. Yes, I didn't watch. I saw the first two. I didn't. I. It's not one my wife is interested in, so I have to watch that when I'm traveling. But um, yeah. yes, that is probably one of my all-time favorite books. So yeah, yeah. 